another episode of Radio Rounds, the podcast interview series presented by St. Louis Children's Hospital, featuring leading Washington University physicians covering pediatric topics of interest to doctors and healthcare professionals. Here's Melanie Cole. Today, we're talking about advancements in pediatric urologic surgery. My guest is Dr. Gino Vrissella. He's a Washington University pediatric urologic surgeon at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Dr. Vrissella, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Please give us a little basic overview of pediatric urologic services at St. Louis Children's Hospital. What are you doing there? We carry out some of the most technologically advanced procedures when we uh, treat our kids that have pediatric urology issues. You know, some of the conditions that we treat are going to be related to the kidneys, uh, the ureter tubes that drain the kidneys, the bladder, and then the genital organs. So, you know, we treat conditions related to the testicles and urethra, penis in uh, males and, uh, you know, the ovaries and then uh, the urethra and other general organs in females. So it really kind of really runs the gamut. You know, some specific conditions that we often see are going to be related to the general urinary system. So, you know, we see a lot of children with urinary tract infections and different anomalies of the kidneys and the bladder and testicles and the ureter tubes like we talked about before. So some pretty common things that we see are going to be undescended testicles where the testicles in males fail to descend properly and are not located in the scrotum where they are supposed to be. Uh, We see kids with something called hypospadias where the urethra tube doesn't end up on the tip of the penis where it should. It usually sort of makes it halfway uh, kind of on the underneath part of uh, the penis. And then you know, sort of prenatally, a lot of times we are going to be consulted for children where the ureter tubes can be blocked. So something called prenatal hydronephrosis, something is very common that we see. And then, you know, really just any uh, sort of genital anomaly, ambiguous genitalia is sort of one of the common things that we often see uh, kids for in the office as well. Wow, that's quite a comprehensive program, Dr. Vercella. So tell us about some exciting new advances in your field. What's exciting that's going on in pediatric urologic surgery, whether it's robotic technology or, you know, just tell us what's exciting going on. You know, in terms of robotic surgery, you know, it's important to know that St. Louis Children's is one of uh, really only a few pediatric facilities in the country and uh, really the only uh, children's hospital in the great state of Missouri that offers uh, robotic surgery for uh, children that need certain neurologic procedures. You know, we started this program when I finished my fellowship here. I sort of spearheaded this uh, program at uh, St. Louis Children's in uh, 2014 and it's been growing uh, every single year. Uh, And it's surgery that uh, can benefit a a lot of people, uh, not only the patient, but the surgeon and parents alike. So, you know, when we're looking at 
uh, robotic surgery, essentially robotic surgery is a specialized type of laparoscopic surgery. So I think, you know, most people have heard about laparoscopic surgery and sort of the benefits of laparoscopy, you know, are going to be smaller incisions, which hopefully would lead to, you know, being able to perform the same surgery that we would normally perform using a larger, oftentimes more painful open incision and do the same surgical procedure on the inside of the body. But by performing it laparoscopically, you're hoping to reduce pain, you know, and discomfort that is typical for really any type of surgical procedure. And by reducing pain and discomfort, we find that oftentimes kids have faster recovery time, getting back to their normal activities. You know, for the larger procedures, there's going to be a shorter hospitalization usually, and then, you know, minimal scarring associated because the incisions are smaller. There's going to be a reduced uh, risk for losing blood and needing blood transfusions for surgical procedures that, you know, are sort of associated with a higher degree of blood loss during surgery. And, um, you know, one of the uh, things that's really come up in recent years, and this has been true for the adult side for longer, but it's, you know, we're seeing it more and more now in children is um, uh, surgical site infections. So, you know, you can imagine uh, if you're trying to, you know, do a surgical procedure and you're going to have to make a four, five, six, seven inch incision as opposed to, you know, three or four half inch incisions, that's going to have a lot higher uh, risk for infection. And I think, you know, we've seen the, the risk for infection go down at an exponential rate. And I think laparoscopy has been part of the reason for uh, that decrease. Now, laparoscopy in and of itself is great. However, what we found that, you know, laparoscopy is good for like removing stuff, right? Like taking out stuff. But in pediatric urology, we're not, you know, although we will remove things, you know, our main goal is to reconstruct. So either reconstruct the general urinary tract uh, or, you know, bring back the child from a state of, you know, having an anatomic defect to one in which is more normal and can function appropriately. And so part of that reconstruction, you know, involves fine suturing. And, um, you know, if you can imagine typical laparoscopy, you're sort of operating, you know, on the end of two chopsticks, right? And it doesn't really allow you that manual dexterity. And that's really where uh, robotic surgery, I think, shines. So those surgical complex reconstructive procedures that would have taken much longer, you know, years ago, even during my fellowship, uh, where we still did a a majority of our laparoscopic procedures without robotic assistance, I think, you know, now with the robotic technology, we can more uh, closely recreate the open experience where you have the manual dexterity and wristed movement to allow you to perform those reconstructive procedures and do them in a in a timely fashion. So, uh, so that's really what I've seen uh, over the past five years, and I think you know the program will continue to grow. And I'm very proud that um, St. Louis Children's Hospital 
is the only hospital in Missouri that's currently offering this technology. Well, it is amazing technology and certainly the benefits to both the child, the patient, and to the surgeon are so important. Tell us about your team, Dr. Vercella. Who's doing these there? Tell us about your team. As it stands right now, I'm actually the uh, the only surgeon at St. Louis Children's uh, Hospital who is currently offering these uh, robotic procedures. That just kind of goes to the fact that, you know, there are just not a lot of places with providers that are trained in robotic technology and you know, are, are, are offering this. So in terms of surgeons, you know, I'd be the uh, lone uh, person here. You know, as time goes on, you know, robotic surgery is now becoming a large part of uh, certainly pediatric urology and other urologic fellowships uh, across the country. We'll have, you know, sort of more providers that, that have the skill set and uh, that can offer it. And I, I won't be uh, unique in that regard uh, for much longer. I'm excited about the potential for uh, new graduates, not only in uh, pediatric urology, but even general pediatric surgery, uh, sort of adopting uh, some of these techniques in their more reconstructive types of uh, procedures. As we wrap up, Dr. Vercella, when should pediatricians refer to the specialists at St. Louis Children's Hospital? What would you like them to know? Give us a nice summary and when you think it's important they refer. I think prenatally, you know, the most common thing that pediatricians should think about referral for uh, is going to be hydronephrosis or, um, you know, basically a dilation of the urinary tract. Uh, dilation of the ureter tubes, which would suggest that either there's some type of uh, obstruction or reflux, you know, going on uh, in the kidney. Sometimes it's just a transient phenomenon, and so once the child is born, uh, once the ultrasound is repeated, uh, sometimes that hydronephrosis, especially if it's mild, can go away. But I think if that persists postnatally, then that is a perfect time to uh, refer to a, a pediatric urologist. Well, you know, one of the other key things we're oftentimes going to see genital uh, anomalies or ambiguity. So, you know, undescended testicles or abnormalities of the penis. So either, you know, foreskin issues, you know, hypospadias, something very, very common that we should be seeing kids for. And then at around the time of uh, toilet training, you know, we tend to start seeing more uh, urinary tract infections, especially urinary tract infections that are associated with fever. You know, those should be seen by a urologist because, you know, the fever would suggest that uh, not only is the urinary tract infection going to be localized to the bladder, but it's also going to be involving the kidney. And, um, you know, while the kidney is still developing and growing, uh, an infection of the kidney can do kidney damage. And so, we, you know, we'd want to intervene as soon as possible. And then, you know, along with the hydronephrosis and urinary tract infections, you're going to have uh, diagnoses like UPJ obstruction and vesco-ureteral reflux, uh, any type of urinary incontinence issues. Uh, and then one of the uh, sort of more specialty 
uh, clinics, multidisciplinary clinics that we have at Children's that we see probably the highest highest number of patients seen uh, certainly in Missouri, but uh, one of the highest volume places in the in the Midwest is going to be for spina bifida, which is uh, an anomaly of the spinal cord. And the reason why a urologist is involved is that oftentimes the neural abnormalities are going to be um, very related to the function of the urinary tract and the uh, gastrointestinal tract and urinary, both urinary and fecal continence issues are going to arise. And so we are very well-versed in, in taking care of those uh, spina bifida kids. And, and as I mentioned before, uh, we have a multidisciplinary clinic where we see these patients with other providers from neurosurgery and orthopedic surgery to really give them comprehensive care. Thank you so much, Dr. Vrissella, for such great information on the services available at St. Louis Children's Hospital. And that concludes this episode of Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. To consult with a specialist or learn more about services and resources available at St. Louis Children's, please visit the Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. To learn more about this and other healthcare topics, please visit our website at stlouischildrens.org for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other St. Louis Children's Hospital podcasts. Until next time, I'm Melanie Cole.